Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by our guy, Joey Vitale, Blues Analyst for 101 ESPN. Joey, what happened last night, man? Seven more penalties. What's going on with this team? Thanks for hopping on with us today, by the way. Hey, BK, I'm doing good. Yeah, last night's game, that was a that was a tough one to break down. I even I told Curbs after we went off the airwaves last night and we kind of were wrapping it up and Curbs was sticking around for the fourth period with Alex. I wasn't planning on sticking around for the fourth period. Appreciate I that, said, Joe. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, but I said, uh, don't, don't don't get in a foxhole with me. <laughs> I, I said to Curbs, I said, man, I, I just can't break this one down here tonight. It was, the game was kind of a boring game in my mind. It was, wasn't was a lot of flash or flair to it from either side. I think both teams played strong defensively. Uh, both goaltenders were uh, superb, obviously. But it really didn't have any momentum shifts, I don't think. There weren't any like big plays where, like, wow, that that's going to turn the point in the game. It was just kind of a vanilla game. You know, I think that the St. Louis Blues were, were still waiting for a couple of the superstars to kind of emerge in this lineup, and I think we're kind of patiently waiting for that. And maybe that's why it felt a little vanilla to me. I don't know. It just it was a hard one to break down, and it's unfortunate because because those points are so valuable as we know this year. And unfortunately for the Blues, they lost that one. So, Joe, take our take our listeners, and frankly, take BK and I into into what happens after a post game press conference like we heard from Craig Berube last night, where you know he basically called out a teammate and said, "Guys, they're just not skating. They're not uh, they're not putting the effort out there." What is being said in the locker room before or after Craig Berube says that to the media? Well, for 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 certain, it's a it's a shout out and it's a call out to some of the players. And, and listen, these players know who they are. And I think Craig Berube did it in a responsible way. You know, we've seen it with the Dallas Stars, whether they're calling out Tyler Sagan or Jamie Benn. We, 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 we do see it occasionally where a coach will verbally attack and call out a player individually. I, I never thought that was a productive way to do it. Yeah, I think there has to be a balance, and I think Craig Berube's found that balance. And, 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 I'm, and I applaud him for the way he did it because uh, he said – what he said about certain players and, and those players know who they are. And I think that for, for a locker room and for these players individually, you know, when you're not playing good, right? Everyone knows that. And when you hear a message like that and you look at the Twitter or the Instagram, you see that, that comment and it's posted and you're going to read it. You know, you're not playing well, but now you know that the coach knows that you're not playing well. And you were always kind of in that speculation zone where, you know, I'm doing some good things, and maybe maybe they don't really notice it, but now they notice it. And then that that's kind of an impactful thing for a player where they know they're not playing great, and now they know the coaches aren't, and now they know they're taking it a step further and actually calling them out to the public, which they didn't need to do. But why did he do it? He did it just to give a little kick in the old, old rear end for some of these players. So I, I do think that it was a, a productive do, productive job in, in the way he did it and handled it, and, and I, I expect these Blues players to fully respond uh, from here on out. Joey, the thing that I think – if I had to play armchair psychologist in a way, 
I would imagine what frustrates Barubi most is that it's not like the Blues are playing really poorly right now. Now, they, they're making horrible mistakes, and you're seeing that mostly with the penalties and then the power – the special teams haven't come around yet. But in five-on-five, five, they've, they've mostly been pretty good so far this year. Do you think that's kind of what's showing through there is the, the frustration of, hey, if, if we can get this stuff kind of figured out, our team is good, we just haven't gotten there yet? Yeah, I think the frustration probably for the coach and some of these players is that your expectations this year are very high, right? I mean, you have a, a team that has been assembled that is on paper one of the best teams in the league. You have a championship pedigree. You have guys in that room that have won a cup that understand what it is to win a Stanley Cup. And not even the Blues players, but look at Crew, who's been there twice. Uh, Kyle Clifford, who's now won two Stanley Cups. You have you have players in that room. Uh, that are that are ready for excellence, right? And I, I think that this coach and this team and this city and everyone involved with this organization had very high expectations coming into the season. Now, were the expectations um, right, wrong, or right in, in the middle? Well, we don't know, right, because there are expectations, of course. But I think that's where the frustration is. Because so, you look at the season, we played four games. We've grabbed three points out of four games. If you're the Ottawa Senators, you think you've won the Stanley Cup. But we're not the Ottawa Senators. We're the same as Blues. So it's almost like I think a lot of the frustration is, uh, oh, we should be 4-0. But to me, this is a, this is a difficult league. So I, I kind of question where that frustration is coming from. I know the Blues have an identity, and they want to get to that quickly. But listen, this is still the start of a year, and I know you can't too, fall too far behind. But you also can't cheat time. It's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take some time for these new players to, to get adjusted. I think Tory Krug's still trying to feel his way through uh, his comfort level to get back to where he can play and be an elite player. I think it's starting to come with Mike Hoffman, right? So it is going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take a while for, for these guys to get moving in the right direction. But the good thing, good news, the good news is, and I said this on the broadcast last night, while they're kind of in this feeling out process and getting used to things and kind of getting up to speed with the game and, and how to be competitive again, they're still grabbing points, guys. Yeah. And again, three points out of four games, that, that's really good. And they, by, by no stretch of the imagination, have started out 0-4. And it's, it's, it's no reason to get, uh, to, I guess, to, to, to get ahead of yourselves and to think that we're in a very bad spot because we're really not. It's kind of what we saw last season at the beginning of the year, right, Joe? Like post-Stanley Cup, you know, they kind of were a 500 hockey team and then they started to pick it up. But what they were doing where they were still getting those points that put them in the position – to pick up first place in their conference once the season went into a pause. But Joe, let me ask you about Mike Hoffman, because I think this is a guy that everyone is talking about right now. What are you seeing from him on the ice? Because for me, it just seems like he's still stuck in this Florida Panthers, Ottawa Senators style hockey and trying to figure out what this blues type of hockey is going to be. Maybe a little bit. I actually think he's been more competitive lately. I think that, I think that last night's game was probably his best game. And I really like him on that line with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. I, I think that goal a couple a couple games ago did wonders for him. It's going to get him a little bit of point energy now because he is a goal scorer. But last night's game, I thought that he had some really good shots on net. I thought he was kind of working with that O'Reilly and David Perron line pretty well. I think he was hanging on to pucks down low. I think he's starting to really understand what that Ryan O'Reilly and David uh, Perron combination is all about. And it's all about puck possession. Listen, he's not a big guy. But he's actually relatively very strong on the puck. He's got a good low center of gravity. He knows how to bend his knees and, and torque his weight and use his weight at the advantage. He has a lot of counter hits where if a defenseman bigger than him coming in, he'll actually step in the D-man just for a quick second, just to create a little bit of space for himself. He's a player that's really good in the corners in the sense that he gets off of the wall. A lot of players, when they're on the wall with the puck, they just kind of ride the wall and they're very easily checked. He steps about two feet off the wall. 
He gets a little bit of room for himself. So if he needs to spin out of things, he can. It gives him that that, that, that space. He kind of reminds me of, of maybe a little bit more of a season. Robert Thomas, but maybe not quite that speed. But I, I really I have liked Mike Hoffman. I, I think he's been good. I think he's progressing fine. We knew it would be an adjustment. He played in, his, in the Eastern Conference his whole career. It's typically a, a bit of a softer league, more skilled, uh, kind of pond hockey style of hockey, where it's kind of free for all, a lot of skill and goals and pretty plays. But now he's coming back to the West. He knew it would be an adjustment. And listen, this guy's a true pro, and he's a very mature kid, and he understands what Blues hockey and Blues brand of hockey is all about. And he will get there. And I think that he, he has to because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent again this coming summer. He's looking to get paid, and he's looking to do wonderful things here for this team and, and to contribute to hopefully a Stanley Cup run for the St. Louis Blues. But I, I've only seen one thing out of his game, and that, that to me is it's slowly trending upward. We're talking to Joey Vitale, Blues analyst for 101 ESPN here on BK and Ferrario. Joey, the Blues have a good problem right now with having almost too many centers, where you've got O'Reilly, Shin, Thomas, Bozak, Sonny. You've got a bunch of guys that can play the center position if needed. They also have a situation right now where Robert Thomas, because Shin is going back to center, is basically playing those third-line minutes again. I'm curious, whenever you've got guys like Bozak and Sanford, in your opinion, is that going to be able to get the most out of Robert Thomas this year? Because as I was watching last night, I almost had a craving for a a better scorer next to him. And that's not to take away from what Bozak and Sanford are. They're good players. But I want to see Robert Thomas with that elite player next to him. What do you make of where he's at right now, kind of on that third line as the center? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's a coincidence that, you know, Robert Thomas in his first couple of games was one of the best players on the ice. And then you look at last night, and was it one of his better games? Probably not in the season. Was he, was he, was he a good player? He was an effective player. He was fine. He wasn't out there all that much. We didn't call his name all that often. They didn't have a ton of scoring chances like he did in those first three games. And to me, BK, it's because now you're playing on that third line and you're playing bottom six minutes compared to top six minutes. It, it, it is a thing that Robert Thomas is better at when he is playing 18, 20, 22 minutes a, a night when he's playing that second line. He's anchoring between Cairo and maybe a Mike Hoffman. But now he's kind of gotten that. I'm not going to call it demotion because you had a slight Braden Shen to the middle there. But now because Braden Shen comes down to the middle, he has to bump down to that third line. So he's not going to be eating up as much ice time. It's, it, it is a big, it's a big transition for a kid. I know he's still playing center. But going from 22 minutes to 17 minutes or 20 minutes to 14 minutes, it has, an, it has an impact on a kid and how he can find that flow and find that rhythm into a game because I didn't think he was as effective last night playing that third line. But, but, but it is an issue. Is it a good issue? Yes, it's probably a good issue. Like you mentioned, we have a lot of centermen, and they got to figure out which one of these centermen can play wing. Now we saw Tyler Bozak on the wing last night. I thought he looked pretty good on the wing. So Craig Bruby in his mind, he's making a mental check that Tyler Bozak can probably be comfortable on the wing you know he's a little bit older he's kind of later in his career it's less skating on the wing it's more just a a mental game and a mindset and having good responsibilities and habits Tyler Bozak's got all those things so I think he'd be fine on the wing you know Braden Shen's a player that they tried on the wing with David Perron and Ryan O'Reilly to start the season heavy line but you know what you you kind of lost Braden Shen Braden Shen he's a true centerman he likes to play he likes to play the middle He's not going to get sour and bitter when he's on the wing, but he, he enjoys playing the middle, and he's kind of got that free spirit about him where he likes to run and gun. He likes to be the rover. He likes to be the first guy back. He likes to finish hits and be the first four checker. So that's that freedom for Braden Shen is through the middle, right? So you have a lot of wingers and centermen that are trying to figure out the mix and the mashing of it all, but you're right. You're, you're going to have to keep moving Robert Thomas down when you're healthy. Is it a problem? Yes, it's a problem, but it's also a good problem because, like I said, 
with a healthy group, you're still going to have a Jordan Cairo, Tyler Bozak, Zach Sanford. You're going to have a bunch of guys that are going to be kind of wheeling on that third line to kind of help Robert Thomas hopefully fit in here and find a good role with this team. Joe, I'll tell you what hasn't been a problem, and it's been Jordan Bennington. And last night once again proved it. And I was looking at some of the numbers for Bennington this season because I know people will look at just his save percentage or his goals against and say, well, he hasn't been that great. But if you think about it, in the first period in the four games that he's played this season, he's only allowed one even strength goal, stopped 35 of 36 shots. And in the third period, he's only allowed one even strength goal, stopped 38 of 39 shots. I mean, he has been the savior for the St. Louis Blues, it feels like. Well, I, I, listen, I don't think we have three points out of four games if it weren't for him. Last night's game, let's just take that for an example. You know, one-to-one game. I thought San Jose outplayed the Blues in the third period. I thought they were out-hustling. They were winning puck battles. Logan Couture had a point-blank shot late in the third. I think it was Sorensen who was on the back door. Timo Meyer had a wraparound on the power play. Uh, the Blues were scrambling on that on that PK late in that game. Colton Pareko had a couple big blocks. But blocked he it with his Jordan, face. Blocked it with his face. But Jordan Bennington, was, he stood tall. So – you can you can certainly look at one angle where you, has Jordan Bennington been letting up a lot of goals, especially on the on the power play. Yes, he has, but at the same time, five on five, he's been great. And he's also had great spurts where he's been bailing out his team. So to me, I, I think he's been fine. I really do. I think that the PK has been so sour in front of him that it's really kind of done nothing nothing to help him on that special teams area. But five on five, I liked him. I liked his confidence. I liked the way he's moving and shifting. He's on top of his crease. Some of those penalty shots last night, it was kind of that old Jordan Binnington-esque kind of style where he almost goes up to the hash marks, and again, he works his way back to match the speed of the shooter. Those little tendencies and habits that we've grown to love over the last two seasons, I've seen them. You know, Darren Payne and I were talking about him the other day. He's liked him in practice. He's got wonderful practice habits. He's a competitor. He wants to get out there. We haven't seen Billy Huso yet, and I don't know if we will see him for a while because Jordan Bennington wants that net. He commands that cage, and if Craig Berube is going to give him uh, the option to either play or sit out one to give Billy an option, he's going to play, and that's what you want to love. That's what you love as a goaltender on on your hometown team of the St. Louis Blues. But, you know, it's early for everybody. It's early for him. But I certainly have, to start the season, I really have liked this game. I know it sounds terrible because, you know, you look at the 8-0 stinker in Colorado. Right. You lose one in shootout last night. It, it sounds crazy to say you loved his game. Uh, but, but truthfully, I think when the special teams get cleaned up in front of them and this Blues team can kind of get back in line, we get this Ryan O'Reilly line going a little bit, start getting back to that forechecking style of hockey the Blues are so good at, then you're going to start bailing out your goaltender because he's been doing a good job for you all year. Great. He's Joey Vitale, Blues analyst for 101 ESPN. You will hear him on the call coming up on Saturday night. Blues versus Kings as they get back into action. Joey, you're the best, man. Always appreciate the time. We'll talk with you again soon, my friend. Thanks, BK. Thanks, Alex. You guys have a great day.